0: Going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords, what is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Sweezy. Uh, coming to you from. We're not live. I will be editing this. Uh, coming to you live in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where we had a tornado scare last night, and uh, I don't even think we've recovered from the last one, to be honest, um, or anything. But welcome to the show. Um, you no. Know, uh you know this is a show about you know you have a problem with me uh i understand that but just to remind you that just because you have a problem with me still makes it your problem so you have a lot of problems and uh, i'm here to fix the ones you don't have with me because that's your problem Uh, but if you would like to you could always email the swagcast at gmail.com more than happy to uh, fix any other uh Watch oh, it's just a stupid anyway. Uh to another cancel schweezy. I'm here to uh solve every single problem you yeah, I mean go over the what's been going on in the week and uh talk shit on kids' movies. So that's what I'm here for. Thank you so much uh for checking out. In listening to the show or watching it, we're on YouTube. Um, Which reminds me, um, no, first, I want to go over this. I have music on Spotify under Sweezy. So go follow me on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts at. And I also have um, social media accounts all under at the Sweezy except for TikTok, which it's at the Foreplay King. Will I change that? I don't know. That's up to uh, someone. I had to like super glue one of my. in your monitors now, I think I got a little in my ear and I'll tear it out. There we go. Now it's all gone. Uh, but no, welcome to the show today. So yeah, check me out on all social media and check out my music. Um, uh, but also like, and subscribe to this video on YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube or, um, like it and subscribe, uh, to any of your favorite podcasting platforms, right? And leave a review. That's how you support a show for free, um, without doing anything. So I hope that my content, uh, Inspires you to write a review um, on your thoughts, especially if I offended you. If I offended you, you definitely have to write a review on uh, wherever you're getting that from. But yeah, like, subscribe, leave a review, anywhere you're getting your podcast. But we also are on YouTube. So um, if you want to kind of like see, I'm going to try to add a little more extra stuff to YouTube, uh, at least on that. We do have clips on YouTube too. So if you don't want to have to drudge through the entire episode, you can always just watch the clips. Uh, the clips just kind of like they're the best highlights of the show. Always really fun. So yeah, subscribe on YouTube too. So you can get just little chunks of the show and kind of, get in there from here but no it's a lot of fun i just wanted to check out everything another thing i do i stream on twitch um (coughs) so i always do thursdays and occasionally on mondays it looks like i'm gonna be streaming the day this episode comes out so monday Uh, i've been playing pokemon emerald over on twitch it's been a lot of fun so far i got my ass whooped um by, uh, the third gym leader Watson. I was like, I'm going to play up to the third gym leader. And of course the third gym leader whooped my ass. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm going to have to do a little bit of prep before I come back on Monday for it, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, so you can on Twitch, there's two different buttons. So there's the, uh, follow button, which is a free thing that just notifies you whenever I go live and, uh, great, just, you know, good way to support me, uh, directly, uh, just an easy free way. They also have a subscribe button. Now, typically a subscribe is $5 a month, which you can click on that. However, if you already have an Amazon prime account, which I know most of you do, uh, what you can do with it, uh, you get one free subscribe every month. And with that, um, Basically, uh, basically if you already pay for Amazon Prime, uh, and you're not really using it on Twitch, uh, subscribe to me because that will financially help support me and not cost you anything extra. Um, and if you don't do it, you're basically giving Jeff Bezos an extra $5 and that is not good for anyone because that guy has too much money and, uh, yeah, do I still in my ear? Not anymore. Okay. I'm not going to just going to ignore that problem. Um, like I do with most of my problems. But yeah, so you can do that. That's a free way to support if you already have an Amazon Prime account. Um, the best, uh, the entirely best way is on our Patreon page, $5 a month, gets you ad-free episodes, all my shows, uh, and helps you uh, support me financially directly. So those are like two ways you can financially help me uh, directly before you know any of our sponsors. But uh, if you just want to help, free like and subscribe, leave a review, uh, just follow me on social media and on your streaming uh, music streaming service, um, those are the free things you can do, and those, I think, are the, the, uh, that's how you, like, sign up to become a Swoke Lord, and the higher ranking you get is the more you, uh, you follow on Twitch, if you subscribe on Twitch, uh, if you subscribe on Patreon, those get you higher ranked, and eventually you become, like, part of the Council of Schwelders, uh, which is the top of the top. Josh Casey. Micah Christman, for example, are on there. Uh it's not a Josh Positive episode today, so I can talk shit about him uh whenever I want and whenever it comes up. Author of uh Tracking Desire, A Journey After Swallow Tailed Kites. So uh, check that book out on uh wherever you get books these days. You know, I don't know. I guess people are still reading books. Um when we have television. But anyways, um that's all I have for real announcements today. Let's go ahead and get into the news. I, for those of you who know, this is something I call previous week right now. Uh, previous week right now is me going over the news of uh, the previous week of uh, news where John Oliver has last week tonight, but I have uh, previous week right now, which is uh, real news compared to John Oliver. So, so for previous week right now, let's just get into the news. Um, So I'm going to read this first article I have, and then I'm going to say what news source it was. And I kind of want, I'm going to like pause for a couple seconds and let us all just kind of like try to figure out um, what journalistic uh, like source did I find this from? So hiking has a diversity problem. These BIPOC groups are working to fix it. Now, I'm assuming... You think, are you getting... So, hiking is racist. So, that's the main purpose of this title. Now, I want you to think, is this just from random, like, try, fake woke website? Is this, you know, uh, just like page6.com or pride.com, the ones are making this? Um, no. I'm going to tell you, this is the Los Angeles Times. Uh, a very credible news source wrote an article about how uh, hiking in Los Angeles... Uh, with a population, 48% population, uh, Mexican, Latino, in that area, that area, you know, south, south of the United States, Um, that kind of, that kind of group. So, they're, they're the ones who are saying hiking is racist. Now, let's get into this article. Long-time oppression and historical barriers have kept many people of color from feeling comfortable in the American outdoors. Now, that may be changing. Groups in South Southern California and around the nation have made it their goal to introduce people of color to nature in a positive way. Their mission is to remove barriers and help people experience the connection, whether they are seeking fitness, healing, personal accomplishment, or knowledge, and all the outdoors has to offer. For many, the first step is going on a hike. Here here are the groups working towards the device groups, and I'm not going to go any of them because it's a little stupid. Now, there's there's a couple things. So we got to think about like, like Los Angeles, like the the population there. It's uh, like I said, it has a big Mexican community, and so this idea that the Mexicans, uh, Mexican Americans, cannot go hiking is stupid because most people in LA are used to walking outside. And uh, seeing someone who is Mexican, it's probably not a big surprise. It's not uh, shocking to you. It's not like uh, people in the Midwest who are like, oh, that's a dangerous neighborhood and it's just black people existing. Nope, it's – we're talking Los Angeles here. Um, now, I understand this idea of a um, – I understand the idea of like, oh, people who are disabled uh, need like an easier way to hike and trek creating like specific trails for them to hike on. I mean, that makes sense. Like for like a disability or something like that, uh, making sure women feel safe or like other, like, you know, groups feel safe, but you know, that's one thing. But this idea that hiking is racist. I think the problem is hiking is a white people thing. Like camping is a white people thing. Like, you don't go up to black people and they're like, Hey man, do you want to sleep outside tonight? And he's like, no man, I fucking pay rent here uh, in a home. I pay a mortgage in a home. I'm not going to fucking sleep out fucking side. And I don't sleep outside either because I pay rent. Like if you want to hang out outside, that's a lot of fun. We can do that. But, uh, when it's time to go to sleep, I'm sleeping somewhere indoors with air conditioning. Um, So my just thoughts on this is Los Angeles Times, are they scraping the bottom of the barrel here, or are they just trying to join the fake woke? Because I just feel like this article is missing the mark, and I'm obviously, you know, like people of color, like I obviously understand there's a huge struggle out there. Um, I just watched today's episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Without any um, spoilers, um, it kind of quotes on the fact that uh, cops uh, are always going to blame a black person even if they're part of the Avengers. So, um, like that. Because cops are bastards. And if you think, oh, I'm a good cop, nah, you're probably a bastard because you probably defend the bad ones. Um, that's the way we've set up the criminal justice system, folks. Um, I didn't do that. And, uh, so remember, if you're a cop, uh, you're a bastard until you quit your job. So please quit your job because you're a bastard. Um, but no, on the idea, no, I think idea of, like, making sure everyone's obviously like make putting up signs like this is a safe space for everyone whatever your color gender sexual I mean that's a good thing I agree with that but this idea that hiking is racist it's a little stupid folks okay I don't think hiking is racist I just don't think black people want to hang out uh, want to go walking outside um, and probably ask a black person do you want to go hiking they'll be saying, that's fucking stupid so that's all I have to say on that folks uh, I know you're probably some of you are like Ugh, You're totally missing the mark. And to that, I say, uh, leave a comment and tell me how I'm wrong because, um, I would love to see how I'm wrong and why you're watching this show, uh, for, um, social, real social commentary and social justice action. So that's what I have to say to you. Um, this is not that, that source. The show is called cancel Sweezy. I'm going to say shit you don't like. So, Next up, something I do know a little bit more about. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League jumps from third worst to fourth best DCEU film on Rotten Tomatoes. This is from Forbes magazine. Another technically good source. But anyways, no, I, before I start reading this article, I actually, well, I actually, you know, I'm a big comic book movie fan. Um, I did enjoy Batman v. Superman. I thought the Ultimate Edition that's on HBO Max right now makes a lot more sense because I just think with Warner Brothers, they made Zack Snyder cut down the film so much, where it's just ruin the film because you're, everything's just like confusing it's like why is everything going on here but with the uh, ultimate edition what's going on with it is uh like you see that something's like there's like a mystery aspect to the film it's like batman is worried superman uh could destroy the world and he even if he had like a slightest bit of doubt he needs to react to that um and then you have like this idea of lex Luthor is secretly the mystery is, is that Lex Luthor is behind everything and he's like starting all this mischief management and everyone's like, okay, um, what's what, you know, you're just kind of wondering like the mystery aspect of the films, like what the hell is going on? And like with the, with like a Harry Potter film, like that's a mystery film where you, you have so many mysterious questions like who did this, who did that? And then at the end of it, you resolve it. And it's like, if you edit out the wrong moments, it makes no sense. And so, with, that's how I think Batman v Superman. Yeah, if you have to watch the Ultimate Edition, do not watch the theatrical cut. You have to watch the Ultimate Edition because I think that's what Zack Snyder really, the the true meaning of like a Zack Snyder film is you have to let him have his full vision completely. And with Justice League that came out, uh, I think he near the ending of filming uh, basically he had a family thing. I think his daughter Autumn committed suicide, which. It's bad. That's a good reason to uh, probably stop a project you're working on, to be with your family full-time. And so they're like, we just just get a director, just finish the film, and then you can release it in theaters. And then Warner Bros. was like, uh, we're going to hire Joss Whedon to finish this because he did the first two Avengers movies. And so he knows what he's doing. But then they're like, you know what? Let's not finish Zack Snyder's. Let's uh, use like 30% of his movie and uh, Frankenstein this shit together. And it was... Uh, I enjoyed it in theaters, but uh, then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, there's some problems here. Uh, then they released the Snyder Cut, and it actually starts making a lot of sense. It's actually a really good movie. You may, it may take you a couple of sittings to finish it. It's four hours long, folks, so it's going to take you a couple of sittings, but it's really great. Once you get to the ending of it, like everything pays off so well. It's really good. So let's get into this article while I ramble on and on about... Um, comic book heroes. As Zack Snyder's four-hour Justice League cut makes the rounds on HBO Max, I've been watching the reaction to it, both among fans but critics as well, and it's pretty clear that this isn't just some fanboy-based success, though they are spamming enough user ratings to ensure it's highly ranked there. It's also being embraced by a majority of critics as well, unlike half the movies in the DCEU so far. Right now, the with 189 critical reviews in Zack Snyder's Justice League, has jumped from 7th place to 4th place out of the 10 DCEU movies, in existence on Rotten Tomatoes after briefly being tied for third. Here's the full list as it stands right now. I'm going to go from 10 to 1. Number 10, Suicide Squad at 26%. Yeah, that that movie was like not a comedy, and they're like, let's make it a comedy. Uh, Batman v Superman uh, is number 9, which, like I said, the theatrical cut is awful, but the Ultimate Edition is really good. So if you're going to watch it, watch the Ultimate Edition. It actually is really good if you watch the Ultimate Edition. Number 7, Man of Steel. Origin story movie. It's it's just kind of like that's what that's the thing with uh, the Disney shows. Like now it's like I don't want to watch another origin uh, story. And that's like you know I like Captain Marvel, but it's just another origin story. Um, number six, Wonder Woman, nineteen ninety four. I have not watched that one yet, um, but people say it's not as good as the original. Number five, Aquaman. Um, that was one that my mom, when it it was in theaters, I wasn't thinking about seeing it, and because I was just kind of like, well. After the Justice League movie, it's like, oh, that's, that whole thing is fucked up. I don't know if I want to watch it. But my mom's like, you want to see Justice League? Because probably Jason Momoa. So my mom likes Jason Momoa, everyone. I know you wanted to know that. Uh, number four, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, at 75%. Uh, third is Birds of Prey, which I know they changed it to Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, because like, people weren't, were not interested in it. And then you put Harley Quinn. I was like, OK, I'll see it now. Number two, Shazam. I'm not seeing that one yet, but it uh, looked kind of fun. Uh, and then number one is Wonder Woman. Now I watched it, uh, on DVR on TNT and I feel like there is a certain vibe to watching a movie on like cable television. So, I mean, it was, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think I watched it later than the others. And so I think the hype may have not like valued it, but you know, I, I still thought it was a good movie and I like uh, Ramus Lupin, uh who was the villain, but he was also in the Snyder cut of it during like the big backstory scene with Darkseid. So I thought that was really cool. Um, moving on to the article. I personally think critics overvalued Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984 and underrated Man of Steel in who knows what the correct cut of Batman v. Superman could have done, which is the Ultimate Edition on HBO Max. But all in all, it's a positive change to be sure, 35% higher than the original was rated. Naturally, fans have it at a 97% positive score, which is no great surprise in miles above any of the others. In fact, the Snyder Cut of Justice League is tied for being Zack Snyder's highest-scored film on Rotten Tomatoes, even with Dawn of the Dead. Here's that list. Let's go from number nine. Uh there's Sucker Punch, number 22 Haven't seen that. Batman v Superman, 29%, because uh no one watched the Ultimate Edition. Uh and then Legend of the Guardians, 51%, Man of Steel, 56%, Three hundred sixty-one 61%. I'm surprised this one's fourth on the list. Watchmen, 65 of the cents, and then at both tied for first place, 75%. Uh Dawn of the Dead and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So really cool. Uh, Interesting to see, it may slip under Dawn of the Dead soon as that has been the trend, but he's actually returning to the zombie genre next for Army of the Dead, a 17 year gap between that and Dawn of the Dead where we first made his mark directing. Uh, I'm curious that WB does with both Justice League and Snyder's Next with the clear success of his cut. It stands to reason that eventually they will want to do a theatrical run for it so they can rake in some box office revenue once movie theaters reopen. And the 4x3 ratio would probably work better there than on TVs. And now with calls to restore the Snyderverse, I'm curious if they'll draft him for any more DC movies, specifically, say, a second Justice League in the mix with all the other projects they have going. But given what they went down between him in the studio and how he had to fight to get this out perhaps that's not in the cards so yeah obviously um for me i'm an artist i I make music obviously on spotify apple wherever you make music and so i i'm typically on the side of the artist over the business person so typically like honestly i would say i could have had a record deal by now i'm gonna be honest with you i could have had a record deal but i'm very diligent in the fact that uh When I say with like anything creative, I'm like, look, anything creative I'm going to do and I'm going to do it my way in anything creative. And if you have a problem – if you're going to ever have any single problem with anything I do creatively, um, it's not going to work out because for me, my creativity in my art – even with like podcasting and stuff like that, I've had some stuff with, with that. I say, if there's gonna be a problem with it, we, we can't work together. I don't want to have any bad blood, nothing like that. It's just with me and creativity, that's a big thing. Um, that's why I think the Snyderverse did not work out, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe where you have Kevin Feige and then like he finds good writers and directors to work on these films, uh, to make the thing, the best thing possible, uh, where they separate the creative from the marketing side. And they're pretty good with the marketing side. They do a lot with the marketing on like toys and stuff like that. Just be like, let's just, let's figure out a way so we can get some toys out there, make some money there, but also like creativity, um, in the, artistic sense, uh, working off source material, making it really good. And I think what Marvel and Disney have done, um, allowing the creative to soar high with that and the, and then like with DC where Warner brothers was like, this movie's too long. we got to cut it down. And then it makes no sense is a big deal for me in regards to that, where (coughs) let's go with like, uh, Captain America, Civil War. They said, this movie will not work unless we can get like Spider-Man into the MCU, uh, and obviously Sony was pretty down at that time, uh, so they were able to negotiate that. And then, like I remember hearing that before I watched Captain America: Civil War. Then I watched Captain America: Civil War, and I think, um, yeah, they could have made it work without Spider-Man, but also I'm very happy Spider-Man was in the film to begin with. That's that's a big thing. So when he support when you're like in the marketing side and you if you're in like a marketing side and you're working with like artists, support the creative people because the creative people have worked their entire lives in their ideas and like their creative side. And if you trust them to hire, you on the business side, you trust them with their creativity, you should allow them to do that because if you allow them to do that, they're gonna make a good product. And when they make a good product, you on the marketing and financial side of it, are going to get a lot of money. That's what, you need, that's what we need to realize. So when it's too much of the business side of things, it, it becomes shit. When it becomes more of the creative side of things, uh, the business side of it makes more money. And that's why I support an artist's opinion over it. So I never, I never technically blame the creative people. I always try to look into uh, what was the marketing side behind this and what was their goal in regards to that. And so that's my rant on creative people. Um, that's actually something people might enjoy me talking about. Next up, uh, next article. Sign a Texas Restaurant threatens a $50 fee if I have to explain why masks are mandatory. This is from CNN. Now, I'm, like I say, you know, I go through these and I just read the titles and then I read the articles live on air. That's how I, I like to do it. Um, for me, I've worked a lot of customer service jobs. This would have been really great. Like if I have to explain uh stupid shit to you then you owe me money and this is a great thing this restaurant is doing. Let's get into this article because I really like this. The owners of a Denton, Texas diner wants customers to know that they are serious when they say masks are still required in their establishment. Wayne and Cat Lacombe put up a warning sign on the door of Legend's Diner on Monday, just days after Texas lifted its mandatory mask mandate. The sign is tongue-in-cheek, but the husband and wife team did it in the name of keeping their customers and employees safe. Our new surcharge, the sign reads, $50 if we have to explain why masks are mandatory, $75. $5 if you, I have to hear why you disagree. When the com told CNN that he got the idea after seeing a similar sign online. I thought, oh, that's funny. I'm going to put that up because it does send a message. He said, and not five minutes after I put it up, customers coming in were laughing and taking pictures of it. To drive the message home, one of their servers, an art student, painted a woman wearing a mask on the restaurant window with a caption that said, "Masks are respectful, not political." Effective March 10th, Governor Greg Abbott, sorry. bitch governor Greg Abbott loosened restrictions meant to stop the spread of COVID-19, including doing away with the mask requirement and allowing all businesses to reopen 100%. Abbott did So, because active COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations were down to levels not seen in months. Critics of the decision said it was too soon, citing the small percentage of number of Texans vaccinated at the time and spreading variants of the virus. Uh, Lacombe said he and his wife have gotten their first doses of the vaccine, but many of their staff are not yet vaccinated. The restaurant's tables are spaced out. They've cut down on capacity employees wearing masks and wash their hands between going to each table, and they take everyone's temperature before they enter the building. There is also hand sanitizer at every table. He said that two couples came in on Friday and told him that it was the first time they had eaten in a restaurant since the pandemic started. We feel very honored and privileged to have they have chosen us, he said. He said they've gotten a great response from their customers in some neighboring business, have congratulated them for making a statement. But there has been some grumbling online. Kat Lecombe, a retired oncology nurse with 28 years experience and has responded to some of the criticism in a post on the restaurant's Facebook page. All we ask is that customers wear a mask as they walk past another person that is eating and not wearing a mask, she wrote. Sure, doesn't seem like a lot to ask, but apparently it is. The LaCombes opened their restaurant in October 2019 and had to close for two and a half months because of the pandemic. Wayne LaCombe said he's not sure the business can survive if they have to close again. We have a race that we have not finished, and when the numbers go up, our business goes down. He said, so yes, it is very urgent that we keep the numbers down. Now, I love the balls, and women have balls, too, because they have balls on the inside, because pee is stored in the balls, and that's why it's called the penis. So... Yeah, I love this, and I think the idea, because, you know, obviously they're worried about, like, surviving the pandemic and see if they have to close their doors and shit like that, and so if someone comes in, you have to tell them to wear a mask, and if they disagree, that's $75 extra they're getting, so um, FYI, and if they dine and dash, just get their get their picture beforehand, um, figure out who they are, and then call the police, because that's technically robbery, so I love that idea, and people were like, Whoa, it's there," and it's it's fu- it's a funny thing, though, too, because, Republicans made it a political issue to wear a mask. Where I was in an Uber the other day and, uh, and I was talking with the driver, and he said he had a friend in Australia and he's like, How'd you guys do in the pandemic? And they're like, Well, we uh, went on, you no, know, we quarantined for like a couple weeks and then now everything's fine. And I guess they wear masks, I guess, just around like normal things do and uh, things are good. And that's why Americans are fucking stupid. And I have no faith in the human race anymore. You can send me as many wholesome stories you want. I have given up on the human race. This pandemic, no, I gave it, I gave up on the human race after Donald Trump was elected president. Because I can't, I don't know how pe- people voted for a black president and then voted for an R-word. And, I, you know, the R-word is Republican, Um so, yes. Um, so, I like this business. I like the cojones they have, and I hope people actually argue about it. So, they, get ch- they basically get charged like uh, 90, do- $90 to $100 dollars a meal. That's fucking hilarious, considering it's a diner, because that's hilarious. Why well, does my nose always itch every time I do this podcast? Maybe it itches all the time. I don't know Okay. We got our last article from uh, this week, uh, previous week right now. And uh, coming from the great state of Florida uh, and Yahoo News. So we've actually had four good credible sources this episode. Uh, Florida man arrested for masturbating with a pickle on private property from Yahoo News. um, One Florida man found himself in a pickle. God fucking damn it. God fucking damn it. Come on. One Florida man found himself in a pickle. Okay, the title says he was masturbating with the pickle. Um, Don't fucking start this fucking article off with Florida man found himself in a pickle because now I'm I'm annoyed with you, Yahoo News. Um, Florida has been entertaining us for a while now on the internet, and I can't believe – I can't believe – Okay. Uh, Well, actually, he was arrested for masturbating on private property, which including inserting a pickle, the smoking gun reports. Eric Tatige, 47, of Tampa, was charged Sunday with exposure of sexual organs for the unappetizing display, according to the arrest affidavit uh, obtained by the outlet. The arresting officer was at the time responding to reports of a suspicious person. He ultimately found... Detige on private premises lying flat on his back no pants or undergarments on his bottom half according to the document detege uh, according to the affidavit has his penis in one hand and a large onion pickle in the other and was using the pickle to penetrate his rectum while he was masturbating and that's how you end an article folks um florida what the hell is going on with you you get worse and worse every day dude um well okay let me let me think this here for a second. I don't know how big this pickle is, so just guess i I always assume like it's one of those you get at like a concession stand um like this thick or something like that. Let's oh, show the size here um but uh that's a fucking that could be fucking huge. You could be using like a normal size one um but I guess it's kind of lubricated so um yeah. Um, look, buddy, um, obviously the public shit's not cool, but also don't be using fucking food to jerk off with, buy it, go on fucking adamandeve.com, buy yourself a fucking proper dildo or like a butt plug or whatever. So you can masturbate the way you'd like, don't be fucking doing it with fucking a pickle. My friend, what the hell is going on in Florida? You, Florida has to have like a ton of sex shops. That's all I imagine: gun shops, sex shops. That's it. I mean, I've only been to like Tampa in Florida in my in my days, so I uh, can't really speak for all of uh, Florida here. I can't. I, I'm never going. I'm never. I never want to hang out outside in a city of and in, in, outside of like a proper city in Florida because that state scary even Miami though is a little weird at times so anyways folks I hope you enjoyed that um that that guy found himself in a pickle so uh thank you that was uh previous week right now starring shweezy Video games can be expensive. Most start at $60 with new consoles such as the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. New games are even starting at $70. There's some games you're gonna keep forever, which for me are Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Zelda Breath of the Wild. Most games out there you're only gonna play once and then never pick up again. I know, I bought some games that are now just collecting dust on a shelf in my home. Uh, That's where Gamefly comes in perfect. Gamefly literally is the best video game rental service out there you can keep the games as long as you want and when you're done with them just send them back and uh, they'll send you the next one on your queue Uh, and if you end up loving the game best thing you can do is buy it at the best used price possible through gamefly using our link in the description get your first two months of gamefly for only ten dollars so start playing new games using the link in our description and remember when you use our links you directly support this show when you're trying to lose some extra pounds or staying healthy, you understand how big of a deal working out is. Now, getting the most out of your workout is important to not only me, but many others out there. Are you wanting to gain muscle, lose weight, or even gain some energy to get the most out of your workout? X Fitness is here for you. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. All right, folks, so it's time for me to do a movie review. It's been a couple weeks, and uh, they will be every couple weeks, because uh, doing a movie review is hard, and uh, it takes a lot of work out of me. And so, um, because it requires me to watch, put down my notes, go over the plot, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of work, but I hope you appreciate them as much as they deserve. So, this week I decided to go over the movie Heavyweights, about uh, a fat camp. Uh, considerably. Now, I know what you're all thinking, those of you who are not new to the show. um, Are you just going to be making Micah jokes this entire uh, segment? Um, No. We are aiming higher than that this week, folks, Um, because uh, I could realize how old that gets really fast. Like, a Micah fat joke is funny every once in a while, but the pray for Micah joke is always hilarious. Now will always be hilarious, just being like, pray for Micah. So, That's good. But nevertheless though, it it doesn't help. So let's, I'll I'll keep this in mind. Micah says he was a fat child. I don't know. I didn't meet him until I was an adult. Um, but however, I was, I was kind of chubby, like fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade to seventh grade. I kind of had a growth, my final growth spurt and, uh, I grew and like, I actually was very, in very good shape, but then I just started eating pizza like every day. Uh, and, then I became an adult, and that was not healthy. So, you know, I'm I'm always, like, worried, conscious about my weight. And uh, Micah says he was a fat child, but uh, Micah's not morbidly obese. It's just we're friends. So if you talk shit about Micah, uh, I'm going to go, headstrong, I'll take you on. But nevertheless, though, I could not stop imagining, like, the main character, Jerry, is Micah as a child. Like, I could not. Like, that's how I imagine him as a child. Um and I could not get that out of my head. But uh, that's going to be the last point I talk about Micah in a movie about a fat camp. <clears throat> Um. Anyway, so so no more no more fat jokes about Micah. So let's get into the movie. It, it all revolves around a kid named uh, Jerry. However, I watch with subtitles because um, I like to have the sound – I don't know. I don't want to really disturb my neighbors. And so – and also, it's just kind of like sometimes I mishear words. You know, it's just a weird thing. So I always just like to just know what the word is. Um, so I always like subtitles on my movies. Um, but it's Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y. And they didn't really explain it like why it was pronounced like Jerry where it could have been Gary. Uh, but then later you learn his uh, name is Gerald, which I've always had like a weird thought with names because my name is my my Christian name is Sam Samuel, but uh, they would call my parents would call me Sam, and then when I was a baby Sammy, which was always weird. And then my brother's name is Matt. His full name is Matthew, but like going through like baby videos, it's like they always called him Matthew, but they always called me Sammy, which was like a weird a weird thing. It's like there's like a formal nickname. Informal, So I would say with Matthew, Matthew's the formal Matt is the nickname. Maddie would be the informal. And then Samuel would be the formal Sam would be the nickname. Sammy would be the informal. So right from the beginning, my parents didn't think I was formal. Um, but no, so we, the movie starts with, you know, Gary coming home from summer break, getting ready to start his summer. And then his father, George Bluth is somehow in this movie. Uh, comes with another guy, uh, with a tape to fat camp, which shows fat camp. Uh, it's a video, uh, that is starring Frank Costanza from Seinfeld. Uh, Ben Stiller's actual father, uh, shit, Jerry, Jerry Stiller, rest in peace, buddy. Uh, hope they have Festivus in heaven. um, that's what I'll say here. Um, but uh, Jerry doesn't want to go to fat camp, uh, but his parents force him to. So that's how it is. Just like, I don't want to go. I right, reason to go. Then it cuts to him on the plane. So um, then on the plane, uh, Jerry meets Keenan Thompson. I could not remember his real name in the movie, so we're going to refer to him as Keenan. And uh, Keenan's like, You going to fat camp? <laughs> just imagine being like a fat guy on a plane just going up to random fat children and be like, you going to fat camp? <laughs> just be like, yeah, how'd you know? Um, you're fat and you're a child on a plane. Is that your dad? No, he's, oh, he's, that's just another fat guy. Um, but anyways, like Keenan's very welcoming and very charming, like normal Keenan Thompson. And so Jerry's like, okay, maybe I like the guys here. Maybe this won't be so bad after all. And so they, you know, they eventually meet, uh, what was it, Pat, you know, he's the bus driver who's also fat but has been at the camp for, like, 15 years. So now we're going to get into a lot of, like, body jokes in this, you know, this, this topic. Um, I'm not saying I'm in the best shape, but at the same time, like, I would assume, like, a fat camp, actually works if the people are skinny, you know? I don't know. I mean, we're walking on eggshells here, folks. That's actually a song by me on your streaming platforms. Um, but anyways, no, they meet Pat. He's pretty cool. I mean, like, everyone likes him. He's a in the chipmunk cabin, so everyone knows. So um, they eventually make it to camp, and uh, Pat's like, here, Jerry, I'm going to help you introduce you to chipmunk cabin, which is the legend cabin. And so... Basically, they walk in, he sees all the people in his cabin, and where he meets, uh, the, I think the kid's name is Josh, which we all know is a stupid name. Uh, but, but I'm going to be referring to him throughout this entire review as Joey Diaz, because he's like a small version of Joey Diaz. He's like, hey, what's going on, cocksuckers? and, you know, they meet Jerry, you know, they meet Joey Diaz, and they're like, okay, maybe these guys are pretty friendly, and, you know, they, they automatically accept him into the group, which is really cool, that's really wholesome, like, kids, you know, and they're, that's one nice thing about kids sometimes, like, sometimes they can be just very, they can be very welcoming to you, and, like, you're welcome, to, you're in the club, man, welcome, man, here's your comm- new community, and sometimes they're gonna be dicks, um, but we're not talking about dick children, because all these kids are cool, uh, and a little fat, and so, and so, then, like, you know, the plot moves forward. Jerry's like, hey, I, I snuck some Oreos into the camp. And then Joey Diaz is like, oh, really? Okay. Everyone, knock out. Uh, so, and then everyone pulls out their candy and hides them in their little, like, hiding spots. Like, they have, like, all these multiple different hiding spots uh, throughout this entire camp. And so, um, that's like, so they're like, um, so you can know from the beginning, like, none of these kids are losing weight. Now, they've been here multiple summers and are still so a little chubby. Um, which we're going to, I want to get into that a little bit later, uh, as I go through, cause I think I did write something about chubby children. Um, so i eventually, they go to the little presentation, like they're welcome to camp. I assume presentation. I worked at church camps. I've never worked at a fat camp. So I know they have a little presentation They go over all the rules, like no smoking marijuana or drinking alcohol on, uh, on during this week. And then me as a staff, I'm like, damn it, do I actually stay sober this entire week? Anyways, no, um, they're wearing shweezy appropriate windbreakers, you know, if you're shwoke, you have one. Um, and they announced that, uh, they fu- well, the kids love Frank Cassandra and the other woman, which I don't know who they are. Um, but, uh, they introduced them to the, cause they, I guess they applied for chapter nine bankruptcy. Um, yeah, apparently you can just go broke and be like, you know what? I'm bankrupt now. I declare bankruptcy. I don't know how bankruptcy works, to be honest with you. Uh, Okay, and so they introduce the new owner of the camp, Tony Perkis, played by Ben Stiller, son of uh, Frankistanza in real life. Uh, I actually wrote Actual Son of Jerry Stiller. Good for me. Um, Oh, yeah, apparently, like, the very first scene. uh, This came out in 95, so still a little dated. Uh, It was dated for the time, I want to say. He points uh, to the black kid. I guess he's saying what people can be one day, and he... Specifically points to a black kid. I'm not sure if it was Keenan Thompson, uh, but it was another black kid at the camp. Uh I assume it's I assume there was more than one black kid at the camp. I think no, I remember, yeah, there was another black kid, but he didn't have any speaking lines. Keenan was the only speaking line in uh this movie. Okay, and then he, he no, he specifically like, You're gonna be the next president, you're gonna be the next blah blah blah. And then he points specifically to one of the black kids. He's like you're gonna be a famous rapper one day. <laughs> it's like Jesus, dude, <laughs> that did not age. I don't think that was, I don't, I'm not saying it aged well, I don't think it worked for the time. It's one I really like the joke is like if someone makes like a somewhat racist joke and in the point that it's funny and everyone understands it, I guess it could work, but I was like, ooh, that did not age well. Um, he's like, I'm going to whip these kids into shape. And then little Joey Diaz is not impressed with uh, everything um, Then we're introduced to Lars, who takes over for Pat in the chipmunk cabin. Uh, so Lars is German, and I'm assuming he's a Nazi. And now I'm not saying that he's a Nazi just because he's German. I'm saying because he's a bitch. And we all know that all Nazis are bitches. And I guess... The German part does not matter in the situation. But um God damn it. Why does my nose itch? It literally itches every time I do this fucking podcast. Um He he tells the kids, yeah, I have a deviated septum, and I'm assuming he has a deviated septum septum because he's a bitch. And so they're like, If you think I'm dying in my sleep, I am not. And then none of these kids get a good night's sleep. So we get to the first day. Uh, the kids start doing intense workouts, and I'm saying intense workout for small children. Um, and maybe also me. <laughs> maybe a little too intense for me. Uh, I, I'm a little bitch when it comes to the uh, Ring Fit Adventure on Nintendo Switch. Um, and uh, oh, yeah, no, like apparently he's trying to create like a program for this, like, he really wants these kids to lose weight, uh, oh, yeah, and then I also wrote down, once, once we got to this point, I think a fat camp for kids is a little stupid, just because with, like, children, well, I'm just gonna go with my, myself, like, when I got, like, kind of, like, pretty chubby in, like, the fifth grade, then I grew, and then, like, I was decently skinny, until I started eating garbage every day for, I don't know, like, 10 years, (laughs) and, um, you uh, Pound came on. I know it really came on when I moved to Nashville because I was, like, working fucking desk jobs, sitting down all day, drinking every night. Not that I don't do that anymore. Um, but, yeah, I really, like, ramped up when I moved here. Um, but, like, no, with kids, though, I feel like I don't know if a fat camp is necessarily a good idea for children just because their bodies aren't necessarily fully grown yet. So, you know, cause a lot of, sometimes like, you know, kids get really chubby and then they grow. And the reason why the body put on so much weight was because they knew there was going to grow. And that's why like kids were like hungry all the time too. Like they're just like eating all the time. It's cause their bodies are growing. That's why. And then when you get to an adult and you're like, my body's growing, just not the way I want it to. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, leave a comment below if you, for your thoughts on that. Like wh- what about fat cans for kids? Cause I don't think that's a good idea. I actually think like, maybe for adults, you know, like spend a week or something like that. Like you learn a lot, like understand nutrition, understand how like exercise, like do a little exercising, like just kind of understand how to move forward. And it's like, okay, we finished the week. Uh, We're no longer like forcing you to do these workouts. Now we wanted to prepare you for how you're moving forward in like your health. So really to like move forward with your health, like you kind of need to keep some things in mind, like be mindful of the food you eat, be mindful of your exercising, uh, mindful, like just try to move in general, you know, like simple mindsets like to change. Cause I really think, uh, just for me, at least like I was a lot, I gained, I've gained a little bit back during the pandy because it's like, I'm not going to bars meeting women. But, uh, I also think though, at the same time, uh, like I've changed a lot of my mindset, just realizing like, Hey, uh, you know, that giant ass thing of ice cream, um, that's an every once in a while thing. That's not like a, every, every day after you finish your meal, uh, here's the dessert. Like, I feel like dessert should be a once in a, like, once a, at minimum once a week. So, that's it. So, um, yeah, that's that's I kinda, that was kinda my rant on, like, fat camp. I don't know if it's a good idea for kids, but I think, like, with adults, like, make it more of an educational retreat type thing, I think it could work really well, um, Oh, yeah, and so moving on. So the kids are swimming in the pool. No, the lake or whatever. And uh, Lars, they have a hot nurse. Like, the only woman at this entire thing is the hot nurse. So she's like, hey, I'm a hot nurse. We're going to have a fat camp. And so Lars decides to hit on the hot nurse. And she easily rejects him. Because um, being ripped is not attractive to ladies. you got to be a little thick to get with the ladies these days. And in 1995... And also, like with women, I've kind of, I've noticed, like uh, you don't necessarily have to be like a six pack guy. You just have to be uh, what I like to call uh, for a real ride or die, which is an EP by me out now. Uh, funny and safe. If you're funny and safe, uh, women will like you. And uh, do not call them big titted animals unless you are married. <laughs> um, that's a whole different story. Um, and that's also easily a reason why Lars has no friends, and it's probably the reason why he got buffed. Now, I made, up, I made statements in the past multiple times saying uh, an idea that uh, if you have an ugly— f- I've seen a lot of guys with ugly faces, and they get super ripped to make up for their ugly faces. And uh, I'm not too worried about that. I've been called handsome many times. By women other than my mom. So, uh, mess me with that bullshit. So, uh, Lars has got buffed because he has no friends. Because he's a bitch. Uh, okay, and then then we get to the scene. Okay, this, this is a part of the movie I have a huge problem with. So they have, like, a competing camp. Now, this is a fat camp. And this competing camp is, like, a sports, like, professional sports camp. With, like, people who are gonna be, like, big athletes one day. So, They are like, we're going to do our annual baseball game. it's like, what the hell do you think is going to happen here? You have a fat camp and a professional athlete camp. And you're like, they're going to compete against each other. Like, what's the fucking point of this? It's like, it's two similar camps competing against each other. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like an annual thing. It's a lot of fun. But you know, like fat people, like people who are going to a camp because they're out of shape and they need to lose weight versus people who are trained their entire lives to be good at sports. Um, we're going to make them compete against each other. And, like, they get their apps, asses whooped. What the hell did I, did I say whooped? They get their asses whooped, obviously, uh, because they're not trained in any sport at all. That's the thing. I don't know why, like, they, they thought this was a good idea. Um, apparently, this is, like, a yearly thing. And, uh, no, they. Do this all the fucking time. So fucking stupid. They obviously get their asses whooped, not whooped, whooped. And it's just it's just a fucking stupid thing. I don't get about this movie why that was part of it. Um, okay, and then later that night, Ben Stiller's raiding the cabins for any junk food and shit like that. Uh, and so they find it one under, like, the bunk bed, like, top thing, Lannister thing or whatever. And, like, they pull it up. It's like, aha, hidden candy. And I'm like, aha, not going to get that. And then some fucking narc who's like, I was in this cabin last year. I know where they hide their candy. And then he pulled out like the big stash hiding spot. And it's like a huge stash of just candy, like huge stash. And then probably one of my two favorite parts of the movie. Uh, so, uh, Ben Stiller's like, who, who's the supplier? Who's the supplier here? Who's who brought all this candy? And then little Joey Diaz comes up. He's like, I know who's a buddy. And he's like, who is it? Seymour butts. And like in a classic 90, this joke is not old yet. Fashion. Ben Stiller's like, see more butts. Who's Seymour butts. Who has Seymour butts. Who is Seymour butts. And then everyone's laughing because he said, see more butts instead of Seymour more butts. And that is hilarious. And, uh, then, for some reason, little Joey Diaz is missing the next morning, and no one knows what happened to him. Uh, so that's weird, and, uh, unexplainable. So, there we go. That was unexplainable. Uh, so, then, uh, Tony, aka Ben Stiller. I kinda wrote Tony and Ben Stiller in my notes, so, uh, we're gonna go back and forth between those two names, folks. Uh, so, now he starts to terrorize the entire camp, and just bas- makes it basically Auschwitz. Um, Basically, like I said, Joey Diaz is missing in this uh, film and uh, no one knows what happened to him, which is very scary for a small fucking child who is just gone missing because there's a lot of lawsuits there, which we will get back to in a minute. He kills the blob, which party foul, bro. And uh, because even with the blob, like they're still getting exercise in, they're jumping and swimming around like it's good exercise. And then he closes the go karts. Um, why? Cause he's a bitch. That's why. But then we kind of see Judd Apatow's character in full swing. I thought this was, uh, one of the Trey Parker from South Park, but it turns out it was Judd Apatow. Apparently back then they were twins and, uh, Judd Apatow was a cameraman and he's all the time. He's like smoking and drinking from a flask and like, he's just vibing the whole time. And it's very fucking awesome. Uh then we get to the, uh, little summer dance. so, they're like, I guess Tony's idea was like, he was trying to embarrass them into losing weight. Cause the girls didn't want to be with chubby boys. Um, so the movie kind of starts, you know, like your old standard movie school, middle school dance where boys are on one wall, girls are on the other wall, no one's dancing. And then, um, who was the guy who helped him out here? I can't remember who was the guy. What was the guy's fucking name? Uh, Paul Feig or something like that. Yeah, that was his name. He's like, I'm gonna get the dance started. So then he starts dancing by himself on his own, and then he convinces like all the other fat kids to dance with them on their own. And then the girls like, you know what? We'll dance with the fat kids. And then, but all these kids have like good personalities, and so I feel like a lot of these women would not care. I would just enjoy having a good time with them. I like they're not doing that. But anyways. Kids are all, the boys are dancing with the girls, having a good time. I'm assuming some of these guys are going to get to finger these girls. Great time. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're a grown-ass man. Why are you talking about kids fingering other kids? Um, I'll put myself in their shoes for a second and be like, if you're underage and they're underage, I don't know. Um, just assume I mean good and I'm not into any of these kids. Okay, that's all I ask of you because I'm not. Um. So shut the fuck up and I will punch you if you think I am. Um, Anyways, uh, they're about to start fingering these girls. And then Tony decides to be a buzz fucking kill and ends the dance because the kids are going to get some. And that's not cool. Uh, In any circumstance whatsoever, for any reason, no matter who you're with, what you're doing, anytime, anywhere. And so this is the moment in the film I learn that Tony sucks. Because if you're about to get some and someone stops that, they suck. But then later that night, Joey Diaz returns to the camp and, uh, he kind of makes some joke shit like, oh, I'm a zombie. And then he's like, I'm normal. And then he's like, turns out my dad is a lawyer and threatened to sue. And so they let him back into the camp very easily because they kicked him out of the camp for making fun of, <laughs> uh, Ben Stiller. So I'm not sure. That's why I assume the lawsuit is, but we're going to assume it's a movie. and So I shouldn't care. Uh, so then they decide to get their candy back. So they uh, break in to Tony's office led by Joey Diaz and uh, kind of getting everything in there and they're trying to steal the candy back. But then they learned that he poorly photoshopped all the kids skinny, uh, poorly photoshopped uh, very bad, poorly photoshopped Jerry on a skinny body, which is uh, very funny to me at least and to no one else in my nose is still itching i don't know why and uh they also learn that the mail is being hidden from them which is illegal because i don't think you're allowed to do that unless it's like prison i'm assuming like only in prison they can like stop your they'll they'll review your mail but i think they'll still send it if uh nothing illegal is going on it's usually just like people like talking very emotional shit um but anyways, after that, like, they they almost get caught, but they don't, so yada, 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 everything moves on. But they find one boy is sneaking food into camp, which interests all the other kids. And so they have, like, a, uh, not a drug dealer, but, like, a junk food dealer which like, burgers and shit like that uh, sneaking into the camp uh, stuff like that. So they have a dealer who's doing that, which I had to imagine would be the perfect summer job. For a child, you know, like if you're like, say you're like 16, 17 and your job is sneaking junk food into a camp, like you charge a little bit on top of it. So you make a little extra on it and you buy them the food, shit like that. Yada, yada, yada. You're actually going to make a lot of money. You could make a decent amount, like a summer living off that. Like their kids are paying a lot for that shit. damn, I'm itching my nose. Why is my nose itching when I, I guess I don't talk this much out loud. Oh, in the week, it's always in my head. So they are and singing the food. So you, basically, they're not losing any weight. Uh, so they in the ready for their first weigh-in day. Uh, they discover, um, and basically, they're weighing everyone. No one has lost weight. They've probably gained weight in this movie. And that's when I learned that Jerry is short for Gerald. FYI. Um, so uh, Ben Stiller's like, you know what? You know what? I'm going to make everyone. We're going to do a 20-mile hike tomorrow which is probably intense for anyone who's not trained in hiking and is not white, which means King Thompson's going along for that. So, um, you know, uh, Pat tries to stick out for them and like, he's talked down to, but, uh, they learn that he is a complete psycho in the movie. And, uh, so the, the normal adults at the camp are like, you know what? Let's devise a plan. Let's maybe we should call child services, uh, cause like, or, you know, Paul Feig has a lawyer friend they could look into, but I guess the child services person won't come for like two weeks. Uh, they need, but Paul Feig's lawyer is like we need evidence before, uh, we can really do anything according to my lawyer friend, which I mean, this makes a lot of sense, but conveniently then Judd Apatow, the cameraman, uh, says, Hey, have y'all seen, um, Tony? He owes me $600 for all the filming he's did. And uh, they're like, okay, well, now we have conveniently, now we have a plan for uh, taking Tony down. So then Tony goes full psycho and uh, jumps on a tree limb, dangling over a cliff. Are you like, y- you wanna look like me? You wanna look like me? Look- I need to, no, that's not my Tony voice. Who you ever seen $10,000 before? That's-, that's Tony. That's because that's- I get it from Dodgeball. Uh, you wanna get a body like me, jumping on over here, uh, swinging back and forth across this tree branch. And you actually learn that Ben Stiller probably got really ripped for this movie, which is really funny. Um, and then so, like, they're like, okay, let's take an hour for meditation and come back. And then the kids, like, trick him, like, we have to have a, some sort of, like, a plan. And so I guess they, like, trick him saying, like, if you can't see your hair, you aren't doing a push-up right. No, a sit-up right. And then Tony's like, yeah, I could, I could do a sit-up and say, close his eyes. And they're like, I one, two, three. And then he goes his head up and he's straight into Joey Diaz's ass. And he's like, kiss my ass. So they go on a chase, yada, yada, yada. Tony falls into a hole, a giant hole. Uh, And then somehow off screen, they were able to tie him up and uh, bring him back to the camp and uh, put him in a cage tied up. But then later he's untied in an electric cage. So there's some problems there. And so Pat's, like, being an adult, like, you can't tie someone up and then hold them, like, in a cage. And then Pat's like, I'm going to get ready to release you. So he untie, like, he rips off the, the mouth, it's like, Pat, when I get out of here, I'm going to kick you square in the nuts. I'm like, okay, yeah, say that to uh, bite the hand. That feeds you. So he puts it back on. I'm like, all right, we're going to keep him here. And then the campus returned to its former glory. All of Pat's lackeys are tied to a tree with honey on their chest, and they're all scared of deer, which is a very funny. But, yeah, it's all returned to its former glory. Uh, Jerry even records a message to Tony, my second favorite part of the movie, saying he has a skinny wiener, which is a very funny insult Um, because we always talk about you have a small dick, but we never say you have a skinny dick. It's a very unique insult, and I really like it, and I love that. So the kids are all, like, going hog wild. They order a ton of food. They, like, overdose on just, like, eating junk food, and it's great. And the next day, Pat's like, "'Wake up, everyone!' Uh, you see how you did last night. We're not going to do that again. We're going to make sure that, um, we're going to get together and I guess he gets it with the hot nurse and, I uh, hope he gets uh, fat camp sex because I've never heard about that much. And so they're all actually like working towards actually being healthy. And that's a good thing because I feel like if you're going to be at a fat camp, uh, we should focus one part on having fun and one part on actually losing weight and trying to live like a healthy lifestyle so you actually uh, lose weight because that's how a fat camp should work. Um, flash forward, everything's doing good. It's the parents weekend. All the parents are there. Uh, George Bluth, I guess Joey Diaz's parents are there. And they show like a video to see how bad Tony was. You know, all the shit he's been doing the whole entire movie. They even added a scene of like Joey Diaz eating a rat. Um, but yeah, but nope. don't worry. Tony escapes. Uh, cause he offers the British kid, a Hershey's kiss and, uh, locks him out and he escapes and, uh, Tony makes it to the cafeteria. Uh, after everyone's watched a video of how, uh, he's abused children. Uh, and then he threatens to fight everyone at the camp and George Bluth is like, I'm not taking this shit. And then just punches him straight in the stomach and he falls immediately to the ground. Um, Yada, 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 things happen. And eventually, uh, Tony's dad comes to the camp, which is also played by Ben Stiller, but it's funny. He's like, just because I was never hooked as a child doesn't mean I abuse children. Shit like that. I'm like, okay. Um, they're like, all right, we're just going to close the camp for the summer. Uh, please don't call your lawyers. And they're like, but we want the camp to stay open. And they're like, who's going to lead? Pat's going to lead, of course, obviously. And Fat Camp is saved by Pat. Uh, and so, nevertheless, we move to the Apache Trials. Now, again, that jock camp. Um which makes no sense that they're competing against a jock camp, a fat camp versus a jock camp. That makes no sense at all. Um, so like, you know, they do all these trials, like Joey Diaz is like shaving a balloon. Cause he knows how to shave cause he's like 10 and shaves or whatever. And then uh, they get to the in- intelligence section of it and the jocks get owned. And then, it ends with Jerry in a go-kart race. He gets also gets knocked off the track, which I don't know if that means like a disqualification, but he ends up back on the right track, so I guess okay. I guess in this race you can take shortcuts if you find the shortcut. Um, but then at the very end, he pulls a special trigger, which gives him insane air, which is probably not possible or in the budget for Camp Hope. And uh, he finishes the finish line, winning first place. And uh, Camp Hope wins uh, the Jock Camp were polls were Republicans like, oh, we want to protest the results because they weren't in our favor. But, like, also Cam Hope doesn't give a shit. So they just threw it in the leg and they're like, we got to get our trophy back. we go got to get our trophy back because um, we have small penises and uh, our victories are the only reason we can win. Because um, I assume sports people have tiny penises. It's just who they are. Hey, man, I play music and I'm fine with my penis size. You play sports and are not fine with yours. And that's what you have to do. And that's how the movie ends. Giving Jerry the best summer of his life, even though he was abused half of it. So, so now I got to go with my final thoughts on this. Um, let's let's go with the first thought. Uh, none of these children lost any weight this summer. Um, that's the thing. I assume, like, well, I assume though, like these kids are mostly sent against their will. The other are like, I love this camp. This camp is fun. Um, so, uh, none of them. Lost any weight. Now, I went to church camp basically my entire life um, until I moved here. Um, and I even worked there, too. And, uh, I mean, like, no, I mean, I came out of there with like, a different mindset, you know, about Jesus and shit like that and, my, like, my life and everything. Um, but, yeah, none of these kids lost weight this entire summer. It was, they were just eating cheeseburgers the entire summer, um, getting snuck in. Um, Tony doesn't get charged with child abuse. Now his dad's like, please don't sue. Um, and apparently that's enough reason for a Like, Okay. I won't sue. Um, and then, uh, none of the kids get charged with kidnapping Tony, which, um, was probably, I would assume X outs the child abuse claim. Cause Hey, your kids did something illegal. And my child did, my son did something illegal. So, uh, let's not sue each other. And, uh, let's live life. So that actually just made sense to me right now in my brain. Um, and, um, the movie ends with, maybe these kids are going to be healthier lifestyles. I looked at the guy who plays Jerry in the movie. He's actually looking pretty good right now. Um, Kenan Thompson, I wouldn't say he's fat, but he looks healthy. And, uh, those are the only two who were fat technically in the movie, but that's a lot to say. Um, but I want to end this with, um, somewhere in Hollywood, they, someone had to put out a casting um, for, hey, agents everywhere, um, do you have fat children actors? If you do, they would be perfect for this movie we're about to cast. Uh, we're wanting to make a movie about fat children at Fat Camp, and we would like your fat child to audition to be in this movie. And I want everyone to be thinking about that for the rest of their lives. And that is my review on the movie, Disney Movie Heavyweights. So thank you, next. We've been going through this pandy for over a year now, and any responsible human would groan at the idea of leaving your home. Why should you have to leave your home to buy alcohol either? That's where Drizzly comes in handy. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know, it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. I use Drizzly at least once and sometimes twice a week, and it's so easy that going to the liquor store is a thing of the past. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that provides to its retail partners that allows drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the US and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee so using our link in the description gets $5 off your first order with Drizzly, and remember, when you use our link, you directly support this show. I live alone, so cooking can become very sad when cooking for one. That's why I order food from local restaurants often, because I know they're struggling, and I know I don't have to cook when I'm feeling depressed. That's why I absolutely love DoorDash, because they have been my food savior during this pandy. If you don't know of DoorDash, they bring you food you crave directly to your door. With over 300 thousand partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local favorites and your favorite national chains such as Chipotle, Wendy's, and even the Cheesecake Factory. Your favorite restaurant is still open for delivery. Download the DoorDash app from the link in our description. It's all contactless delivery to keep my community and yours safe. Get $10 off each of your first three DoorDash orders over $15 when you sign up using the link in the description. Treat yourself like the king and queen you are and order from DoorDash today. Day. again that's ten dollars off your first three orders over fifteen dollars when you use the link in our description and remember when you use our links you directly support this show all right folks so it's time for me to solve all of your relationship problems. i know you have a lot of them and i'm only one man but i'm gonna do my best to solve them if you want me to uh solve your relationship advice uh, you can always email the schwagcast at gmail.com i've always forgotten to do that, and I finally remembered, so you put that in my notes, so now you can miss me with that bullshit, so like I said, yeah, relationship problems, email the gmail.com. anyways, let's get into this, oh boy, <coughs> yeah, this is a great show, I've never farted in front of my boyfriend of two years, but want to start doing so, All right. Um, Me and my boyfriend have been dating for almost two years now, but I've never farted in front of him. He has farted in front of me, and it's usually hilarious, and there definitely is a double standard. I'm worried about seeing me in a different light. We started working together as of late, making video content, so we've been seeing each other a lot more. We do not live together currently, but we will be moving in together in a couple of months, which adds to the streets. Oops adds to the stress. Adds to the stress because what am I not going to pass gas in my own home? I want to be comfortable around him and holding in my gas is not the most comfortable. But at this point it's been so long it's almost like, well, I just can't fart out of nowhere. I know it's not fair to me, but I don't know, I'm so hesitant. I consider myself a feminist and I don't think it's wrong for women to fart too. So I really don't know what my problem is. I am seeking confidence advice on what I know is a silly problem to have but I guess I'm scared for him to see me as a human instead of a girl who never farts. Okay. Um, you said you're moving in together in a couple of months. So um, since you've kind of put yourself in this like weird situation, um, you've never farted in front of him before. So in his mind, he's like, oh, this girl doesn't fart in front of me. So um, that's, I mean, it's been two years and you damn never done it. So you kind of put yourself in that old mess. Uh, once you're moved in together... And you, you got to like, once everything's fully, once you're fully moved in, everything is fully moved in, you can't leave. Do not, you got to figure out the right time that at that point. The, that's the best time you have to do it. Um, do not do it during any time that's like, we're going to, we might have sex time. Like, do not do it cuddling. It's like, you're sitting in one spot, he's sitting in another spot. You're like watching TV or like you're reading a book and he's, playing video games something like that then you just let it rip and then you'd be like what and then you'd be like we're living together now you are going to get used to this shit that's gonna be the best situation for you to get through with that i mean if we're gonna go with my situation like i don't care if she farts in front of me like i do it i'm gonna do it in front of her so she can do it in front of me but like if it's like a situation where it's like she's on top of me, not sexual, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Or during sex. Do not fart at that point. That's going to be the worst time. And he shouldn't do that shit either. And if we're going to go into queefing, uh, do not queef during sex and men do not fart during sex. Um, if you think you got to hold it in, go out, eat it out a little bit then go back in like I think that's going to be the easiest way to hold it in um so farting is acceptable uh in times as long as you're not trying to have sex that's going to be a turnoff for anyone so hope that works out for you um it's going to move on here um This one's rough. Girlfriend keeps trying to force me to finish inside her during sex despite me having told her that's not what I want. I've been in a relationship with my girlfriend for nine months. We broke up for two because of her being controlling and disrespectful of my boundaries and have been back together for another two. She enjoys sex more when I finish inside her and wants to have kids, but I do not want to do either at this time and hold her this clearly week before last. She also refuses to take any kind of contraception or birth control. The past two times that we have had sex, she has tried to hold me inside her as I finish, and I'm not okay with it. I feel disrespected and unheard. What is the best way for me to go about addressing this issue with her so that she understands where I'm coming from and should I stay in this relationship where this pattern of behavior is similar instances keep continuing? Oh, wow, my buddy. This is a red flag. Now, this is not someone because that's one thing with relationships, and I feel like something people need to realize um, in a relationship. you got to be careful. Like, if you don't want kids – with that, let's say that person, um, you gotta be very careful with that shit, because the very moment, like, if she gets pregnant and they, you she decides to keep the kid, you don't get to decide, she gets to decide. That's how, uh, it works, because that's her body, and it's your fault for nutting inside her, except for kind of the situation you're in. Um, because once you have a kid with someone, you're connected with them for the rest of your life. So, that's a thing with children. That's why I'm super hesitant to even like get anywhere close to having children with someone. It's like, once you, once you get that person pregnant and you have the kid, like you love the kid, obviously, but you're connected to their mother, the rest of your life. Um, maybe, maybe you're going to have to go with the unhappy side of saying, look, I want to wear a condo with you. I do not want any children at this moment. And you won't do anything on your end to help me not have children. Therefore, I must do this. And if you don't want to have sex with me, too bad. Because this is a deal breaker. Because I'm not busting loads inside you, I'm trying to, because you want to have children. Because I don't want to have children. And I'm not paying child support. Because miss me with that bullshit for a child I don't want. <laughs> And, uh, that sounds harsh, but, uh, yeah, man, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to wear condoms, man. I feel like that's on your end. You want to continue seeing this bitch. Uh, but, um, also I, I would say like, you're not going to end up with it. The part of me was like, you're not going to end up with this chick. You're going to end up like just you know, having sex a couple times and just, uh, letting it die out naturally. But, uh, she also wants you to finish inside her. And if she gets pregnant, then you're connected with her for the rest of your life. So, um, I guess either force yourself and be like, I'm wearing condoms or, uh, you guys got to break up. That's all you got to do. So let's keep going with the, uh, with everything here we have, uh, my girlfriend asked me to stop drinking. Sounds, I do what, I don't Did I write this? I don't know. Uh, So to preface, this isn't an alcoholism-related request from her or anything. I'm a very social drinker. She asked me to do this because she is starting a long-term medication where she will not be able to drink. She asked me out of the blue when we were talking and got very upset when I asked for for to thinking in basically an ultimatum on if I do or not. She also framed it in a way that I was picking drinking over her. Overall... It was just a lot to process for me and made me feel like her issues trump my own personal choices. And when I opened up on the point, she got mad again. Um, so let, let's think of the situation. You said you're a social drinker, so that's when you're hanging out with friends. Um, I feel like there are situations like you probably can't get ripped if you're with her and friends. Uh, you're not going to be able to get go full throttle, but I feel like you should be able to have like one or two. You know, like we're not getting drunk. You're just, you know, having a little bit of fun. Um, when it's you and your you and your friends without her, I feel like yeah, you should be able to get as ripped as you want to be. That should be fine. Uh, if it's just you and her, like yeah, you shouldn't be drinking, buddy. That's probably gonna it's probably gonna be a deal breaker there. So I don't like this idea of like an ultimatum because I feel like if in relationships ultimatums are the end, the end of it, because if she has to make, or she or you has to make an ultimatum. Um, there's a situation, there's something you don't want to do that's a deal breaker. Um, and yeah, it, when an ultimatum comes up in a relationship, it's, it needs to end. That's just how things like that shit works. And, uh, it's not easy, but it's, is what it is, and that's the way it is. And, uh, so... Yeah. I feel like there's a compromise to be made where you're at. Um, when you're, so like I said, so I feel like the best compromise for you, you and her hanging out together alone, no drinking, you and her hanging out with friends together, a drink or two, like not drunk, just, you know, enjoying something to drink, uh, you alone without her, I feel like you you're able to go full throttle. I feel like that is game to go full throttle, and she needs to accept that shit because that's the way it is. That's the compromise. I feel like you both should have, um, but I also don't know you, so uh, things could be different. And depending on the medication, uh, she might be able to have one or two. Um, I remember when I started very heavy antidepressants, um, I was like a little self conscious. Basically, what I learned is that um, it's not going to take as much to get you drunk as what it usually did. But you still need to be a little bit mindful. Um, And am I mindful? No, I'm not telling you that shit. Um, But no, there's a compromise there you need to make properly. It doesn't sound like you're an alcoholic, but it sounds like there's an easy compromise you can make. um, That's also not going to hurt her. But like at the same time being like, it's fine for you. Moving on to the next one. Questioning how men's mind works. Oh boy, it's a woman trying to question a man. Okay, let's read this. Uh, I broke up with my boyfriend uh, it was a year of my gut telling me something isn't right, and that year of confusion lead to a deep confusion and sadness for me. I told him that I was feeling depressed. There's mornings I don't want to wake up in the morning because I'm so unhappy with how things are going between the two of us. His response was to love bomb me and tell me how much he loves me. He says you don't want to be with me anymore, but then just doesn't leave me alone. I don't understand how a person can hear that from somebody they love in not give them space. Is this a normal reaction by a man being broken up with? Um, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, it sounds like this is a, your problem, not his problem. Uh, and you're saying that the relationship isn't working out for you from what I'm saying, seeing here. Um, that you're saying you're unhappy with the relationship and he's not. So, uh, in his mind, his idea is, um, I need to I need to fix something like men have the mind of men have a fixing mind. It's just a standard male thing. Um, fixing mind. I know some like, it's not like you have to be a handyman to be a man in this culture. It's like, you know, if like your plumbing's gone, you're going to hire a plumber like to fix it. Cause your mind is like, we need to fix this. So if this is a problem that really needs to be fixed, we need to fix it. So he thinks the way to fix it is love bombing you and showing you how much he cares about you. Now, from what it sounds like, you don't like him anymore. You don't love him anymore, but he still loves you and wants things to work out. Um, so that's the thing. That's what the situation is. You don't love him anymore, but he still loves you. Um, questioning how men's mind works his mind is i love you i want things to work out i want to fix things between us because i love you and i want things to be fixed so and your mind is like why can't men just realize that i hate him and i want him to go away um maybe work out your fucking problems bitch i don't know god damn like he he says love bombing you like it sounds like he fucking actually cares about you that sounds like what the problem is like This guy cares about me a lot, but I fucking hate his guts. What should I do? Like, if you're in a relationship with this guy, work, try to work things out. And if it doesn't work, then I don't know. Uh, sounds like you're just being fucking stingy. Um, I don't know how to, that's the only way I respond to that is like, he's trying to fix things. He's saying you're unhappy. He wants to help work with you on that. sounds like this guy is a good guy If you break up with him. He's going to find someone fucking better than you. So you better fucking keep him. You bitch. Um, that's what I have to say about that. Let's move on to the next one. Um, my boyfriend tells me he loves me and is attracting me, but his behavior makes me think otherwise. Hmm. Very interesting title. Let's get to the article. Uh, let's get into the, uh, bulk of it. My boyfriend and I have been dating for over three years and, of course, gone past our honeymoon phase, but he doesn't show me any intimate affection at all anymore and barely ever goes out of his way to do anything for me. I have to get upset about feeling a bit neglected before he thinks about being intimate with me. We have discussed things changing too many times to count, and three times to the point of nearly breaking up, but nothing seems to ever change. Even recently, we went on a break to think about what needs changing and how to make this relationship work, and he just played games the entire time. It's not even just the physical intimacy. There is no intimacy at all in our relationship, despite my many failed attempts. Whenever I speak to him about how I'm feeling, he says that he does find me attractive and loves me and will change, but nothing ever does. It's been been like this for at least a year and a half and I'm seriously considering breaking up with him because I believe it's not going to change but I do love how we have the same sense of humor get on really get along really well and I generally feel comfortable with him. Uh, what also happens we also have issues because I have anxiety and depression and react poorly to people raising their voices at me. So if I do anything that causes him to raise his voice, I can end up in tears, which I am trying to work on. But having this constant feeling of not being loved doesn't help me deal with my issues. Also due to my mental health, I have ended up quite clingy, which I am currently trying to become more independent, but I have noticed that even when I do stop myself from being clingy for over a week, his behaviors don't change. He doesn't even pay attention to me being there. Most of the time, most of the time he isn't doing work. He spends on games. Okay. Um, it sounds like a love language thing. So I know I made some clickbait. Our love language is real. Um, I think love languages are real. I mean, I don't think they're as specific as, uh, like people are trying like psychologists are trying to make it to be it's like physical touch uh gifts and shit like that i don't know it's just everyone's a little bit different from that you can't i don't know the categories are close to everyone but not fully full throttle um what i have to say is tell i mean you're telling him sounds like you're telling him exactly what you need um like i want to feel wanted i want to feel like you like me and shit like that and that's what i why i'm keeping you around and shit like that that's what i'm saying what i'm seeing you saying But at the same time, I don't think he's pulling in. And I remember with a with an ex, it was kind of like, look, for me, actions speak louder than words. She was like, I agree. But then also her actions were complete shit. That is something I realized. I'm like, that's actually something I like really had to like process my mind. Like, you know, like when you're when you're trying to talk to someone and they're like they take like two days to respond to you. I'm like, look, if they want to respond to you who would respond to you at an appropriate amount of time, not like immediately, but an appropriate amount of time. Okay. Like if you're both free at the same time, it's pretty quick back and forth, but like you shouldn't expect her to always be back to you. Look, actions always speak louder than words in this situation. So what I'm going to say is, look, if you're at a point where you think you need to break up and if you ever go on a break, I know there's the friends joke. We were on a break. Look, and also, I agree with Ross in that situation. Like, you're able to fuck anyone you want if you're on a break. So that's that's a problem I have with Rachel. But, um, look, no, that's, I think that's a very positive thing. Though. If you're on a break, obviously, like, don't get jealous. And also, at the same time, what I'm going to say about this is actions speak louder than words. And I have anxiety and depression, which, I mean, I'm, I'm there with you, sister. Um, but at the same time. Uh, Their actions are always going to speak louder than words. So if you bring up a problem you have, and they don't make an effort or put the actions into solving it, then uh, they don't care. And so remember, with this, actions speak louder than words. Let's move on, folks, because that's all I'm going to say about that. Actions speak louder than words. Uh, I just found out that my best friend is in a throuple with a woman and a man. Here we go. Uh, I am completely unfamiliar with this type of thing, so I'm hoping someone can give me some advice or perspective on something. My best friend, Anna, she's she's 17 years old, began seeing someone a few months ago. I noticed right away that she started eating less, dressing differently, and becoming obsessed with getting fit. She never used to really wear makeup or anything like that, but she went out to Sephora and dropped like $400 on new makeup and stuff and told her parents it was for school books. We're in uni, so 17 in uni, so I guess they're technically adults, uh, and they said uni, so it's a country I'm not living in. Uh, Last week, she was telling me about her new boyfriend, and she told me that he was 35, which I think is so gross, but also that he has another girlfriend as well, who is 19. I went on his other girl friend's Instagram and she legit looks like a carbon copy of Anna especially since the way Anna has been dressing and doing her hair and makeup is just like hers it's kind of freaky and it makes me feel like this weird old guy is recruiting young girls to be his girlfriend but really is starting a weird sex cult or something Anna thinks I'm overreacting and being a hater it's not like I can do anything about it I just think it's weird I'm wondering anyone anyone had any personal throuple experience because I don't Now, I don't have therapy experience, but I know people who have experienced a, uh, like, I want to be in a poly relationship type thing. And uh, those never work out for anyone. And I know people complain. I know plenty of people who are polyamorous, and they're fine. I'm like, well, no, they're not, okay? Um, At least one of the people aren't. One of the people might be fine. Uh, Not both of them. Both of the people are not fine. Only one person in that situation is fine. Um, and, um, that's, yeah, that's, that's the situation. So, um, only thing I can say, you both are very young. So only, only thing I can say is, um, only thing that you can really do. And I do this to a lot of friends who I think are making, doing dumb shit in their life, but I'm also not going to like force them out of doing dumb shit in their life. I, I just, I'm like, look, I want to say this because I'm your friend and, uh, You may not agree with me. You may not follow anything I'm saying. I'm going to say this as your friend. Uh, So if one day you say, uh, why didn't you tell me not to do this or why didn't you warn me? uh, I will bring you back to the situation because I want to be a good friend to you and say, I think this guy is doing something sketchy, starting a sex cult or something very weird. And I really want you as my friend to understand that I do not want you interested in this. Now, you can do whatever you want. I'll still be your friend and I'll still love you as your friend. I just want to be a good friend on my end in case one day you change your mind about this shit and say, hey, look, I don't trust this guy you're with, way too old, kind of gross. I really think you should stay away from this. However, if you want to keep dating him and keep doing that, that's fine. But I want to be a good friend on my end and tell you this situation from my point of view and no, I will no longer be judging you or be... Saying shit to you about this and just keep doing you, keep living your life the way you want to. I just want to be a good friend, just to warn you on my thoughts on this. So keep doing what you believe is right. And so you say that, uh, hopefully she respects that and you respect back. And then one day uh, she'll realize the faults and like, thank you for warning me about that. I wish I would have listened to you. That is the best thing. Like, I wish I would have listened to you because I have a lot of friends who have told me that. And I. That makes you, that's actually the best thing ever. When a friend's like, man, I wish I would have listened to you when you told me that. Like that, that's like the power boost. Like, yes, I am right. And then you're not a dick to your, but you're also not a dick to your friend at the same time. Because it's like, you're not being a dick, but at the same time, you're just being honest with your friend. Saying at the same time, like, look, do what you want to do. Do what you, just do what you want. Keep doing I'm just telling you what I think. And I'm not going to like hate you or judge you any or anymore from it. I just want to let you know my thoughts. So, that's what you need to do in that situation. Uh but also, uh if I was going to be honest with that person, I'm like, "Hey, uh there's like an age there's like an age range you should date in and I think that guy's probably too old for you." So, um there we go. That's all I have to say there. Dating when child-free. I am 25 and a female. An issue I run into often with dating cis men in particular is that they all want me to have their children, which is not something I want to do ever. I enjoy kids, do but do not want to raise kids of my own. I'm looking for a boyfriend or any partner, really, who I can call. Can own a small plot of land with, have a garden, and raise some chickens, goats, and maybe some sheep. But most of the men I meet either know they want kids in the future but already have kids or are older in age, like 40 plus, And don't see me as an actual partner, just a fling or a romp to make them feel young again. What is a child-free gal to do? <laughs> do I just start accumulating more cats? I already have two. Um, wow. I guarantee you, um... There's a lot of men out there. I can't believe you're in a situation where it's like, hey, I'm a man and I don't have kids. Why don't you date me? <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Like, you're probably getting fun. You probably get tons of men to like you. Um, but you probably get tons of men on your end. But uh, at the same time, um, to, yeah, I mean, you just, it sounds like you're just honest about everything you want. Um, it sounds like you're just complaining about winning men who want a child. Which I never understood... I guess that's my end. Like I like kids. I like other people's kids. I always wanted to, I always like being like the uncle, but I don't wanna be like a dad. I like being a daddy, obviously. Y'all know me as a daddy. But I don't know. No, I don't see myself as a father right now. At least right now in my life. I could change, but I'm not looking it's not looking likely for me. Um at the same time, so I don't know. You just I mean Look, I'm, I'm looking around all the time at women, but at the same time, I'm, like, realizing you have to learn to be fine on your own because I've had to learn to be fine on my own. So that's the best thing. Just learn to be fine on your own thing, and then eventually if you meet the right person, you meet the right person. You can still try dating and stuff like that, but you still have to, like, up front be fine being on your own because uh just got to learn that you got to live life without other people, you know, and especially an idea of, like, I don't want kids, and then... They're like, well, I want to have kids someday. I'm like, well, it's not going to work out for you, so fuck off. That's all you got to say. That's all you got to say. That's all. That's how real people do it. Let's go on to the next one that was kind of a bummer my husband goes somewhere every friday night but won't tell me where me and my husband have four have had four kids so a few months ago my husband started to go to one of his friend's houses on fridays or at least that's what he said he was going so last night i tried to call my husband while he was at his friend's house because i wanted him to get groceries he did not respond so i called his friend his friend said that he wasn't there so i was confused when he came home, I asked him where he was, and he said that he was at his friend's house. I told him that I called his friend and he said he wasn't there. My husband said that he was there. I'm sure what I should do. Can anyone help me? Please explain. Please help me. Okay. Um, there's two situations. He's either surprising you with something really great, or um, he's cheating on you. Um, sorry to say that. It sounds like he's cheating on you. Because I actually, I'm actually going with the idea he's cheating on you because in my mind, if I was going to do something nice for you or something like extravagant and I wanted to surprise you with something, I would make sure my friend was involved with that. Like, hey, man, so I'm doing this thing for my wife. Uh, we are like, – like, I am uh, scheduling this big party. I have to talk to all these people. And so it's always going to be on Friday nights. So if she calls you, tell her that he is with you and relay the message. That's all I need you to do. And most of my friends would be like, cool, but none of my friends should be cool with me cheating on someone because I would not be cool with them. And I would tell their person immediately, their, their partner immediately. Um, or, well, no, first I would tell them like, Hey man, do not cheat on your spouse because I have a conscience and at some point I'm going to have to like tell them what's going on. That's, that's the good person to me. But I uh, know I would, I would totally rat my friends out. I'm like, do not fuck with your wives and cheat on them. That's, a, that's an order. So um, that's all I can say there. So sounds like he's cheating on you or doing something wh- something so bad that he doesn't want you to know about it. I would assume cheating. Um, that's all I can really say. It's Friday night every night, but his friend's like, oh, I don't know. Like if he's not letting his friend in on the information, I can't imagine it's a good thing. I can't imagine that like if it was something good for you I would definitely tell a friend I'm hanging out with them and then be like just just justify this for me and we'll get going and I don't I don't want friends who were like hey I'm gonna cheat on my wife so I want you to be my uh escape goat so that's shit so that's something so uh he's cheating on you bro so uh Going on, we only really have two more questions here, and we can finally end this episode. Getting over someone you love but just can't. Both in early twenties, you know how ju- how you just think that other person is absolutely perfect in any and every way, and when everything goes to hell, it's all your fault because how can that other person do any wrong, and you live the next few weeks in absolute regret and misery, wanting to change the past. Even though the signs were in front of my face, I still decided to ignore them and convince myself that it wasn't true, that everything they've said was true, even when you know they've been doing shady stuff and hiding it from you. When the only thing you can think of is holding them, touching them, kissing them of the future and of the past. When you just imagine someone else being there, how do you get over that person? (sighs) Oh boy, so I should have something important to say here. Um, let's look here. Um, you putting this person on a pedestal, a pedestal, they're not worthy of. And honestly, I kind of like, uh, you, you sounds like you want to be codependent with someone else, but, uh. I don't know I don't this idea of being codependent is a bad idea, even if you're like are in a healthy marriage, being codependent is a bad thing. What I would say though is um you were never dating this person, you're in love with them you are in love with the idea and you're in love with the facts of it and you're in love uh the fantasy that you've created in your head. obviously, I've done this too, so I can't be shaming anyone. The only thing I can say is though um Get over it. It sounds like you were raised on TV like me, and uh, you have to understand this idea of a uh, uh, codependence idea. I don't know. It sounds like you want to be codependent with someone. And I've had friends who are codependent and they found another codependent person and it works out for them. Um, but uh, sometimes codependent, specifically with you, is hard. And that makes you a unique person and different from everyone else, which is cool. Um, but you have to get over this idea of like this fairy tale idea you have with this person and just be like you know what this wasn't real this was a fairy tale i had in my head and obviously you can be sad about it like i wanted this to be real but it's not like, be sad fuck you can be sad about shit no one cares no one gives a fucking shit um but uh yeah I realized like i wanted this fairy tale to be real it's not real and i wish it was so be who you want to be uh fuck all the haters. So, all right, we're finally on our last question for tonight. Boyfriend doesn't satisfy me. So I have been with my boyfriend for a little over a year. We live together at his parents' house where we rent a room. I've always had a high sex drive, like really high, and his is a lot higher. So we very frequently have sex, but here's the thing never made me finish like ever it's not that he doesn't try he does sometimes but it never happens he gets his though of course but there's my issue since his drive is really high he wants to have sex all the time but i don't he has to literally beg me and it takes so long for him to convince me to do it with him because i don't want to do to the fact that i know damn well i'm not going to get anything out of it i mean who actually wants to have sex with someone who doesn't satisfy them It caused a fight between us today because I absolutely refuse to have sex with him, and I'm not sure how to tell him why. I don't want to hurt his feelings. So my question is, how do I communicate with him about my needs without offending him? Um, It sounds like you've never had an orgasm before. So uh, here's what I need you to do. You need to start fucking masturbating. This is a thing, like, with men and women I don't understand. And I'm not trying to be, like, an incel or anything like that because we all know I'm a simp. But... But with, like, men, when, like, by the time we're teenagers and shit like that, we jerk off all the time. Like, we, we're like, this feels really good. So we keep doing all the time. And we're like, oh, you're a real woman? Let's do this together. I want to nut with you. And so you, like, meet someone, you nut with them. So men, like, think about that all the time. But then women, like, don't really masturbate or, like, jerk off and shit like that. Is is jerking off the term for women, I don't know, like, flicking the beans, shit like that, like... Women don't, like, do that, though. That's I always sound that's so weird. Like, women don't masturbate. Like, kind of, like, figure out what they like, what they dislike. And shit like that. That's why I always, like, go with women, like, older than me. Not only saying, like, MILFs, but I'm saying, like, a little older than me. Because they actually know what they want. And I'm like, what do you want? And then, like, they tell you what you want. And I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And shit like that. But, like, it sounds like you don't know what you want. So, only thing I can really t- say to you is just start fucking masturbating all the time and then figuring out what gets you off sometimes like because some women it's like trying to fall asleep like some women like need like the stars to align and all this shit and then some women don't need a lot it's like falling asleep that's what a female orgasm is like it's like falling asleep so are you does it take a lot for you to fall asleep it's like a lot to your orgasm or does it not take a lot at all for you to orgasm you need to figure out what that is so if you don't masturbate and don't make yourself do it you never know if you don't glow. You never shine if you don't grow. Yeah! Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get your show on and get paid. And all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. So, that's all I have to say on that, folks. So, women, if you're not masturbating... Don't complain about not getting off with a man, okay? Because once you know how to get off with yourself, you know how to get off with someone else. That's how men work, and women need to realize that too, okay? So don't complain about not getting off if you've never gotten yourself off. So that's how we're ending the show today. Thank you so much for listening to Cancel Sweezy. If you have any more questions, comments, concerns, email them to the shwecast at gmail.com any questions comments or concerns you can also dm me on any social media site it's at the shweezy and music on all of the streaming music services spotify apple deezer title amazon youtube is shweezy just one word shweezy my name shweezy like and subscribe to me youtube spotify apple wherever you get your podcast at. Uh, subscribe on twitch like i said free to follow, subscribe. If you have an Amazon Prime account, make sure Jeff Bezos doesn't get an extra $5 and $5 also gets you ad free episodes of this show and all the others. So, uh, stick around. Don't be stingy, uh, honk if you love butt drugs and stay awesome. Hashtag pray for Micah. Hey there, my fellow Schwoklord. Thank you so much for finishing that episode. It means a lot to me. If you want to support the show even further, check us out on Patreon, where you can get ad free episodes of all my shows. Once again, thank you from the bottom of my heart and stay awesome.